Welcome back to Take My Word. Before we get started for today, I just want to shout out the official Twitter that was created for this podcast. You can find that uh, at Take My Word Pod. That's Take My Word P O D. I'll give any information about upcoming episodes or whatever I feel you could throw out there. All right. With that being said, let's go back into Funny High School Stories Part 2 with my good friend Cameron. Let's go. All right, uh, this is Christian, and I am going to be joined again by the lovely, the charming, the sexy, oh, yeah, the sexy Cameron Brown. Hello, that's me. I'm here in the flesh. Thank you for that wonderful intro, Christian. Anytime. <laughs> All right, so get back at it. I'm going to go with my first story about back when we were in show choir. I talk about it a lot, but we spent a lot of time in it. We, uh, we were at a show choir competition, which, as I said, lasts all day. And to pass the time, we played a game called Euchre. And if you don't know what Euchre is, difficult card game. Very Midwestern. Yeah. Um, it's as Hoosier as you can get. It's like cornhole. Yeah. Cornhole, not bags. Not bags. It's cornhole. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So I was playing this card game with my partner because he played in groups of two. And my partner, he uh, he broke one of the rules in the game. It's called reneging. It's not as bad as it sounds. It's not derogatory. Yeah, so he, he reneged in this game, which means that we lost the round and we had to forfeit points to the other team. They got three points. And high school Christian didn't have it. He did not have it. So, as a level-headed human I was, I flipped the table, spread the cards everywhere, scared the bejesus at this kid, and he ran out the, the room screaming. And in hindsight, that's very funny, but I was kind of embarrassed with my fit of rage. I don't know if Cameron was there or not, but uh, I'm sure he heard about it. <laughs> because yeah, we I heard about it, yeah. We, we still talk about it to this day. Um, I am I'm now... In college, a refined man. I, uh, <laughs> I, I soothe my soul. I don't have those fits of rage anymore. Um, right, Cameron? It's a changed man. I'm a changed man. Truly. Truly. I'm a calm, cool, and collected man. Yep. Don't go too far with it. Yeah. I am a nice, generous, giving, loving, hilarious... Oh, wait, that's what I said. All right, on to my uh, story. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about when I was in, um, it's a, it's called Honor Choir, and I was in middle school at the time, um, so I was very immature, and I was put with three other random kids from other schools that I didn't know, and so we all, like, show up to our room, and it's, it, it, the whole event is held at this big hotel, and we show up to our room, and... The wallpapers, uh, all are just all this big and large image of this one flower, and there's also like a fake flower. The whole room is just plastered in this flower, and one of the guys there just starts cracking up, laughing, and and we, you know, we're looking at him like, we, what's so funny? You know, what's so funny, guy? 
and he proceeds to tell us that the flower that we're surrounded in is called uh, Pussy Willow. So <laughs> then we all <laughs> kept laughing the the whole weekend because we were uh, surrounded in, in, in Pussy Willow. Drowning uh, <laughs> in Pussy Willow. Yeah. So that's that's middle school. <laughs> Another story from that event was we all got in the elevator um, to head downstairs for some reason, probably to get food. And, uh, you know, the age old trick where you click, you hit all the buttons on the elevator right when you, right before you get off. So whoever gets on next has to hit all the floors before they get to whatever floor they want to. Uh, I joked about doing it, but I didn't actually do it. But my other friend that was, that was there did do it. And right when we got to the bottom floor, it opened up, we saw our director who we don't know, but he knows us, and he picked us, and he's our director, and he just walked on the elevator. We walked, <laughs> we quickly walked away, and heard him, heard him make a groan, a groaning noise as the elevator is closed, <laughs> and he had a long ride up that day. <laughs> he said, "Oh man," he said, "These kids, oh man, oh man," he said, "I'm never gonna get to the 19th floor, <laughs> never." Um, Back to a good old sh trusty show choir. We had a kid in the group. We called him Brewster. He's a silly feller, okay. Um, also an angsty little teen. And um, as as you might know, when we get to those teenage years, some kids start using profanity. Now I would, I would your profanity. Watch your profanity. <laughs> I would never. But Brewster did, and uh, just so happens, every time, he, every single time he would, he would turn around, and the director would be there every time. We'd be in the bathroom, he would drop an f bomb, and the director would just casually mosey out the stall, and wash his hands in disappointment to hear his potty mouth. Like, how dare he! Drop the f bomb, this eighteen-year-old man. How dare he? <laughs> how dare he? How dare he? Yeah, he every single time, without a doubt. If he cussed, turn around. Our director's right there, every single time. Even at our graduation, he said something. <laughs> turns around, and our director was there. We're in this huge convention center. There's thousands of people there. We're holding our diplomas, all cheesing. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around, the director just there, <laughs> shaking his head in disbelief. How dare this grown man graduate in college? So <laughs> graduating high school, use such foul language. Uh, it's kind of cool though. It's kind of like a like a bird call for our director. He's a caca. Yeah, caca. <laughs> Turn around. Whenever, whenever he's in need, whenever he's in need, he can just cuss, and his director will show up for him. He'd be getting married in twenty years. He'd be like, oh, damn. Turn, turn around. He's, I knew I invited you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. All right. Um, I'm gonna, now I'm going to talk about, if you listen to our first episode, we mentioned uh, a man that, we went, that went by the alias of Frank. So this is another one of Frank's stories. Um, so Frank was uh, blind in one eye. Uh, so we were all getting a very fancy photo taken and 
when you do that, you know, it's all supposed to be perfect. And when you're, we're all in costumes, like alternating boy, girl, boy, girl, and there's like pretty lines in the picture and everybody's head is supposed to be, you know, in the, in the right place. So imagine like, uh, like high school picture day, but for like 60 people at once. So they were pointing out individual people, telling them to, to tilt their head slightly or turn their head slightly. And so, um, <laughs> finally, like, like the, the, the picture person goes, uh, like, oh, you know, what's that kid's name right there? And like, oh, like his name's Frank. And the picture person is like, Frank, look at the camera. <laughs> and he goes, I am looking at the camera <laughs> because, <laughs> because of his, uh, blind eye, he was yeah, facing he, he the has... exact opposite direction as everybody else. My <laughs> boy with his double pink eye. He, he oh, had no yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he was facing the whole opposite direction of everybody else. Uh, his, his head was. And that was uh, very hilarious to look back upon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, when uh, we, we didn't only play card games. I uh, You might have played this before. It was called, like, uh, the assassin game. The, it was always, like, we called it the blow dart game. So you'd go around, you'd make, like, a tube with your hand, be like... Like you're yeah. shooting like a. You have to have uh, eye contact with the person you're doing it with, and yeah, and you and yeah. Game. As long yeah, as long as you both knew that you guys were playing the game, so you make eye contact with the person and you blow, and if they didn't cover their necks from this secret assassin poison dart, they would have to act like they were paralyzed and fall down until someone removed said poison dart from their neck, wherever they are, wherever they, they were, to. drop to the floor, you're dead. Game over. So, we are, uh, this spread like wildfire through the choirs and through our, like the musical we were doing. Like we, um, I was at a, we had a performance, we're going to talk about this later, called Solo Night, and I was about to perform, and one of the girls that were playing the game, she got me, she, (laughs) she shot a dart in my neck, game over. I was there until someone came and took the dart out so we can go perform. Um, but that's besides the point. So we were uh, <laughs> we were uh, at a mu- musical rehearsal, and our director for the musicals he was he was hard on us. He took it very seriously, and uh, I was one of the not the lead, but like co like co leads, like a step below my boy Cameron here. I was his show best friend, along with his real best friend. <laughs> So we were doing a scene, and the same girl was sitting out in the audience watching, like, the rehearsal. And then I make eye contact with her, and all you hear is, <laughs> I was like, well, it's the rules. So I dropped, <laughs> dropped, like, a sack of potatoes right there on the stage. And the director's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> and then Cameron came over. He took the dart out of my neck. And the director's like, you just wasted all of our time. And I was like, gotta follow the rules. If you start breaking these rules, it's gonna be total anarchy. The city will be in flames. <laughs> this is this goes deep. That's true. There it has to be structure at some point, you know. You gotta be accountable. This is true. Yeah. If you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're gonna uh, poison dart other people, you have to be, you have to be able to take the poison dart when you get it. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Yeah, so, games are serious. Yeah, talking about serious games, so along with, like, 
the Blow Dart game, our our group also did a game called Assassins, and you you probably heard or played this game with like a group that you've been a part of, and it's where everybody in the group gets assigned uh, somebody else, and uh, like your goal. So for us, it was um, the high school property is safe, but everywhere off of the high school property, you can be assassinated. Except for like singer events. Like oh, yeah, except for events. like choir events. So say there was a fundraising event, you couldn't be assassinated there because it was affiliated with the choir. So what it was is you would, everybody would write their names on a piece of paper. We'd all reach in, grab somebody's name, and that was the person you were trying to assassinate. So they also how, they gave you the person's name and their home address. Yes, they gave you <laughs> they gave you their home address. So um, the whole goal of the game was to find the person you know out outside of school property and shoot them with a water gun or get them wet in any way, like you know pouring a cup of water on them. You just have to get them wet, and that confirms the kill. So. Um, one day uh, after a musical rehearsal, uh, this girl... Uh, uh, just to cut in, this was a thing that only the mixed choir did for years. They did this for years, but we stopped our game that we were playing, and we tried to include the unisex all-girls choir, and that's when this story took place. <laughs> this was with everybody. This wasn't just because it used to be the all-girls choir would do it. No, they wouldn't do it at all. But the mixed choir did it. But this was the first time we're like, we're going to be a big old happy show choir family. We're going to include the all girls group. And that's when all pandemonium broke loose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, this uh, girl who I was, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, like just friends with that school, but like, you know, not never talked to really outside of school. Acquaintance, I guess, yeah. Uh, she asked for a ride home, which was cool and all. It was kind of weird because I never drove her home before, so I got suspicious because I thought, oh, you must be my assassin. You know, you want me to get take you off school property so you can just, um, you know, uh, like squirt me with a water gun or something. So I agreed, but I looked through uh, her bag and everything and made sure she had no water on her, and I got rid of all the water in my water bottle and took her. Uh, took her home, decided to take her home. And <clears throat> um, and then it popped in my head as I was uh, taking her home, I was like, wait, what if this is an ambush? You know, what if somebody is waiting for me at her home? That can be the, that could be the only other option at this point. So I um, followed the GPS to take her to her house and um, uh, she was in a neighborhood and I stopped at the end of her street she like lived in the middle of the street I stopped at the end of the street and I said okay you can get out now you know and she was like no she was like why just, just drive me to my house I was like no I don't I don't trust it you need to get out of the car right now um, <clears throat> you need to get out of the car right now um because I don't want to drive to your house. I feel like there's an ambush there. And she was like, oh, there isn't. You know, like, it's fine. Like, it's whatever. I was like, okay, if there isn't, it still doesn't matter. Just get out of my car. <laughs> so she opens her car door and yells the name of the person who's actually my murderer. We'll say that their name is Marcus. But that Marcus. is not their name. Yes, Marcus. 
So she opens her car door, passenger side door, like jumps out of the car and says, Marcus, hurry, come over here. You know, just, just like, uh, sh sh get him wet through the window right now because he's not going to drive over there. So, and then ahead of me, I, it's at nighttime, so I see these dark figures kind of like moving around at a distance away. And she gets. Was it Marcus? I couldn't tell. I know it was mysterious. So then she sat back in the car to wait. And I said, close the car door. And she said, no. <laughs> and I said, close the car door. And she wouldn't. So I drove off with enough speed to close the car door for her. <laughs> and we started driving down the street. And I locked the doors, you know, rolled up the windows. <laughs> I put the kids lock on and you know driving through the street and there is my assassin in the standing in the middle of the street with like three other cohorts standing in the middle of the street stopping me from driving and she was like you know he let me out here and I was like no I'm not so I slowly crept forward to just you know try to get them to, to move away and one of them decided to jump on the hood of my car and I decided Okay, you want to go on a joyride? We'll go on a joyride. <laughs> so then I, I proceeded. No! <laughs> yeah, so then I proceeded to accelerate with said person on the hood of my car through the neighborhood until they were scared enough and they were screaming. They're like, "Please, like, you know, okay, okay, I'll get off. Stop, stop." Luckily, this wasn't my assassin person. The person who was trying to kill me they were just one of the cohorts so it was okay to like you know let them off and then let the girl out i was just trying to drive away from the assassin's person so as i'm driving away you know i uh, i got far enough i parked i, I like stopped let, let the person off my hood <clears throat> let the the girl out of my car then you know i thought it was all done a, uh, a, a giant truck pulls up that um, comes from the opposite direction, like facing me, and turns sideways to block the whole road. And one of my uh, other friends from from high school is there, and is yelling at me, and is like, is like, no, stop, like you know, like uh, you know, I just need to talk to you, like blah, blah blah, don't drive, like you know, don't drive off. I just need to talk to you. And I was like, no, you're literally trapping me right now to try to kill me. So I then had to do what what only made sense in the moment which was drive through somebody's yard to get <laughs> away i couldn't reverse because my assassin's behind me and there's tons of people on the road they had many people on this job i'm a high target item let me tell you so i just had to drive through somebody's yard and uh, drive home as i'm driving home i keep getting these calls from the person uh, in the truck that that like stopped me from from uh, having the road and she was like, oh, uh, she was like, we are just worried because one of the people who lives on the street saw somebody on the hood of a car <laughs> being driven and called the cops and got your license plate number. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, well, that's very unfortunate. But um, there's nothing I can do about that. I'm not going back. Sorry, I goodbye. Back. I served my nickel. <laughs> yes, so that is the story of how I, how I escaped assassins, and it was a very, uh, very thrilling night. That, that story didn't end there. <laughs> there was another assassination attempt, as you might say, in a different neighborhood. 
that uh, well, with different people, with different people. Yeah. Yeah. So this, that girls' choir, man, they took that, <laughs> they took the whole game to a different level. Um, so th- there's this one, this one really quiet, quiet spoken. This kid didn't talk much at all. We actually we were talking about Secret Santa uh, a couple days ago with my friends, and he was a kid that was forgot about <laughs> for Secret Santa. And he didn't say anything about it, but uh, he was he was just living his life, you know. He's getting a ride home from practice or something, and then a girl from the the choir she brought her uh, football player boyfriend along to chase this kid through the neighborhood, tackle the kid in someone's backyard, and pin them down until the girl could come up and just drizzle. This drizzle, drizzle, a little bit of water on this kid's forehead to take him out of the game. That's all great and good. She won. Target hit. But um, <laughs> the person <laughs> backyard that they were in proceeded to come out armed and loaded. <laughs> told them to get lost. And uh, I can, uh, I wasn't there, but I assumed the turd in their pants was massive. And... Yeah, that ever results, since that day, we have not played assassins ever again. It has been uh, the banned. director said uh, there has been multiple assassination attempts. It's all great and fun, but uh, we don't want somebody getting actually assassinated <laughs> at the yeah, end of this game. That actually reminds me of another crazy one. Um, one of them, because you know we had the home address of people. One of the girls was um, taking a shower in her home. And happened to left to leave her front door unlocked, and her assassinator just walked into her house and waited for her to get out of the shower, and then got her wet. Like that is not safe. That is not no. safe. So that is why that game is now uh, is now finished at our high school. To put it in perspective, that rooster fellow I was talking about earlier, my junior year, he was my target. And I was going to get this kid. So I uh, said, man, you want to go see a movie together? He said, yeah. He said, but uh, I don't want you to assassinate me. And I said, why would I? Why? I said, we are homies, dude. Why would I do that to you? So I pick him up. I drive him to the farthest movie theater he's ever been to. <laughs> we watch this two-and-a-half-hour movie. I drive him home just to make sure... He was off guard. He's like, man, he's been with me for three hours plus. There's no way. So that's when I reached in the back seat, had a water bottle prepped and ready, primed and loaded with a little pin hole. It's a little pin pin hole right in the top lid. And I soaked this mother. <laughs> and he was just sitting there in disbelief. He said, I trusted you. <laughs> and I was like, all's fair in, in assassin. Oh, okay, yeah. And, and in love and war. <laughs> Yeah, poor Rooster, man. Talking this Rooster kid. Just, talking would, about Rooster. Talking about Rooster, man. <laughs> our our junior year, same year, we uh, we won Choke Choir State, which was a huge deal because we brought down the tyranny of a group I'm not gonna mention. <laughs> Their rave was over, over. So our celebratory ritual was usually after competition, a normal competition, we would just go to. Waffle House, and we'd have a merry old time. But this was special. We were state champions. We were walking around with these rings, making these people bow down and kiss them. So we went to a classy place. We went to the Stacked Pickle. 
we went to the stack pickle and we <laughs> just have, <laughs> if you don't know what the stack pickle is it's basically just like an applebee's but it's just burgers it's just a burger place it's a it's not with, that good with pickles <laughs> with fried pickles uh, yeah. so this place not very good really expensive but we were going there and we were like kings we had our little medals around our necks looking like big pimpins and uh afterwards we went out to the car and my buddy one of my best friends when i was growing up with he was crew for our choir so he went to all the competitions with us and he helped us unload the trucks and stuff he said you know what it's time for boys he he, he took his hands he said he says time for two girls one cup <laughs> oh yeah it's getting explicit um I'm not going to go into much detail about what Two Girls, One Cup is. If you grew up with the internet, you know, it's nasty. (laughs) And our boy Brewster. If you don't know, you don't want to know. Leave it at that. Yeah, it was some Tosh.0 stuff. It dealt with fecal matter, some duty, some poo-poo caca. And we'll leave it there. (laughs) And two girls in a cup. Let your imaginations run wild. So... We've all seen it before because uh, we're American, you know. We're well-rounded. But our boy Rooster... We're culture. We're culture. <laughs> our boy Rooster, he, he, didn't, he was raised in a very Christian household. He went to Bible-thumping school until he was in high school. So he, uh, he'd never seen the video before. So we uh, were popping his two girls, one cup cherry, as you might say. And he was not having it. He uh, he said, stop. <laughs> stop the video right, right now. I'm going to get sick. And we're like, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't stop the video. We, he uh, was averting his gaze. So we, as the kind friends we were, were following her like the shaky cam, <laughs> making sure he was seeing every bit of this two girls, one cup action. <laughs> and then he... Uh, he, he wasn't kidding. He, he got out the car and started vomiting in the stack pickle parking lot. And it was glorious. And I'm never going to forget that sight. Because <laughs> had this kid with with this Grand Champ medal dangling from his neck. Vomit coming out of his mouth. Tears running down his face. And a lot of laughter as the backtrack from the car. <laughs> he won. We, but at what cost? He, we won, but at what well, cost? What cost? <laughs> what cost that day? <laughs> uh, man, I, I miss my buddy Rooster. Uh, my junior year, we also went to Chicago, and um, we uh, we roomed together because you get there's four people in a hotel room, and you get to sign up for who you want to room with. So me and Rooster, we signed up because Cameron. Didn't want to room with us. He got signed up with another group. They wrote his name down in pen. That was unerasable. That's how pens work. <laughs> so he was going to room with some rather mellow people, as me and the rooster were having a big pimping time in Chicago. Um, so two other people signed up for our room, and I haven't had a conversation with these people my entire damn life. <laughs> it was a uh, I'm not going to name names, but there are two people that I would never talk to ever again. And uh, we made them sleep in the bed together. Me and me and Rooster, I was Big Spoon. He was a Little Spoon. But as we're drifting up in the dream, you know, dreamland, the kid, one of the kids from the other bed, we'll call him uh, Ryan, I guess. It, it's not His name wasn't Ryan. But um, he was 
currently dating a girl that I had a crush on for a long time. And uh, I ended up being in a relationship with her later on, but he knew this, and he, he says, Hey, Christian. 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 I said, What? <laughs> Try not to wake up the entire hotel. And he said, You know, I'm dating Maddie? I said, Cool story. And then I went to sleep. And then the next day, he proceeds to wake up and be like, you remember what I said last night, right? And I was like, yeah, because I was awake. I'm not hungover. What do you mean? And he's like, I just want you to know. <laughs> I just da- want you to know, I just want you man. to know I'm dating Maddie. And I said, I just want you to know I didn't want you in this room in the first place, dude. <laughs> and uh, f- to this day, man, I still can't. <laughs> I can't stand that Ryan kid, man. I Oh, my God. But... I won. I dated her until I graduated. So joke's on you, Ryan. <laughs> Checkmate. You guys went on one dinner date. I dated her for a year and a half. Okay, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our Chicago trip. That was my junior year. Our senior year, we went to Orlando. And when we were, we went against some of the biggest names in show choir. We went against from groups in California that uh, had more money than I could ever dream. And uh, they had very intricate sets, and they were very pompous people overall. But I met some cool people while I was there. But the directors of this group were as pompous as I thought that they would be. So we performed, and after you perform your set, you have to strike the set. So that means that we had to take off all the props. All We didn't use props, but like the extra risers and stuff that we put on the, the stage. And I was in charge of stage left, second riser. That's my job. Might as well put my name on it. That's Christian's riser. So I'm sitting there, and I walk up, take it off after a performance, and Losal was coming on right after us. And I was like, huh, this riser's broken. It's not, it's not going to move. It was attached. like It was like sealed into the other riser. I'm like, well, I've got all the muscles in the world, but it ain't moving. So I'm sitting there. I'm the last person on stage. And the director for the next group comes on, and this, uh, I can't even imagine how much his suit would cost, but probably more than my house, in my future house. So he comes up, he's like, we need, to, we need to set the stage. I said, really? I couldn't tell. <laughs> so I didn't, I wasn't rude, I was just, but. Oh, well, in, in show choir, you only have 15 minutes usually to set set up your whole set. So. We were Us taking down time. our set was cutting into their time setting up their set. If you take too long, then you can get a point reduction. So, yes. Yeah, so I was already on edge because I didn't want to – this is going to be neck-and-neck competition as it is, and I didn't want my broken riser to take points away that could result in us losing. You know. So he comes up, and he's like, get, the, get it off. I said, it's broke. He said, why is it not going off? I said, because it's broke. So then he proceeds to bend down and try to remove it himself. And he says, huh, it's broke. I said, really? (laughs) I'm like, I didn't just say that three times? And he's like, he's calling somebody on his radio. He's like, like, we have a riser. It's broke. I said, it is broke. Like your brain. Because I told you this four times, dude. <laughs> so we got some people out there, and they didn't deduct any points from it. We got it off. And they went, on, they went on stage, 
and they whipped us, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but yeah, that was our Orlando trip in a nutshell. With uh, we all we had the, the dream team rooming together that time. We had me, we had Cambo, that's Cameron. We had <laughs> Rooster. We had another kid. He's pretty cool. I don't have a fake name for him. Let's call him Sean. We had Sean. He's pretty cool. He's he was younger than us, so we all left him. He's all alone now. But that's what you do. Know what they say, <laughs> you know what they say. It'd be like that. <laughs> oh, that's what the cool kids say nowadays. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so we do have one more story, and it is of co- it is the best story. That's why we're saving it for last. It is the funniest story. It's pinnacle the most, of comedy. It's the it is the pinnacle <laughs> of a farce comedy. If you like farces, um, me and Christian here we. We did. We actually did a duet, and we added some choreography. Um, it's it's simply be, it's simply a work of art, and we actually uploaded it to YouTube. So instead of me explaining uh, this this video, this this duet that we did here, this um, this masterpiece. Yeah, it's it's truly Swan Lake, masterpiece. It's Swan Lake, at our high school. Yeah. It should it should be in a museum somewhere, and it will be someday. Uh, we know it will. So we're gonna give you you know uh, premiere access to this video before you have to pay to watch it. Yeah. Um, so it's actually posted up on YouTube right now. If you just look in the uh, description of this podcast, there should be a link for you to find it. And we hope that you uh, <laughs> you enjoy it. We hope that you grab your friends, grab your family, grab your dog. You know. Kick back, relax, grab a grab some popcorn. You know, it's gonna be a great time. Some kettle corn. Yeah. Some some cheddar popcorn. Any corn of your choice. Uh, buttered and candy corn. Yeah, that too. And you know. Indian corn. Yeah. And guess what? It's on YouTube, so you can watch it as many times as you'd like. Yeah, it's a. I'm gonna put the URL in the description of this podcast, as he said, but. If you don't want to go through the trouble of that, you can just uh, look up Bromance Cover, Cameron Brown. It'll, it'll probably be the first thing that pops up. Probably, I, I would suspect right now it probably has at least 2.5 million hits. Oh, of course. Yeah. Hits means, like, pixels, right? <laughs> it might have zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just posted it, so it hasn't had time to become an overnight success. But it will be, so, um, you know, watch it while you can. Yeah, but uh, just brief synopsis. We uh, we performed. It was funny. People laughed. <laughs> uh, feelings were hurt of girlfriends that questioned my sexuality, but it was worth it. it you know what they it say? It'd be like that. It'd be like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's gonna conclude this saga of funny high school stories. I'm sure we have more. We just sat and rattled our own our old uh, brain box here. Some more stuff probably fall out because, you know what? We're in college now. We're big boys. Now. We're big boys now. <laughs> we got some real life experiences going on every day. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just uh, come back to it. The official Twitter for this is uh, Take My Word Pod. That's Take My Word P O D. Follow me on there. I'll give some updates on. What's coming on with um, the old Take My Word podcast, you might say. So, um, hope you laughed. Yeah. Anything you want to say, Cameron? 
Nope. <laughs> all, all I gotta say is I hope you go watch the video. Go watch the video, man. All right. Thank you.